0: Well, let me say hello to the Brentwood Campus as we are beginning this new series called Hostage. And today, as we think about hostage, it's all about helping people to break free from these big things of life that hold us hostage. Today, we're gonna look at what we call bitterness. I want us to read um, from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, of a short verse, but a very powerful verse that warns us against the danger of bitterness. Look at what it says. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. When you really look at that verse from the Bible, you can see why God is warning us to have nothing to do with bitterness, to root it out of our life. This is something that God does not want in you or in me. I mean, look at the how bitterness is described. It is a poisonous root. It will cause devastation in you and with others. But here is where it gets tough, right? Because if we're honest... If we're honest to look in our mirror of ourselves, and we inspect the soil of our souls, we have to be honest to say, where are the roots of bitterness springing up? H- have you ever met someone who's bitter? I-, I heard a pastor describe what people are like when they're bitter. They're, they sort of fall in three categories. Um, some are like porcupines. They have a lot of good points. You just can't get close to them. Um, you know, they, they, they are just prickly over everything. And it really comes because they have a heart of bitterness. There's other people, though, that when they're bitter, they're, they're like an iceberg. You know, they're cold. They're indifferent. They just sort of float along. And heaven forbid if you run into them. Because you won't win. There's a lot going on underneath the surface that you don't see. Um, but then there's another, another type of description to describe people who are bitter. They're just wet blankets. They're always whining. Poor me. They're the victim. And, and anytime something else bad happens, they'll say, well, that's just like what happened to me. And they go into another whiny session. And, and those are probably some ways people express their bitterness. Porcupines, icebergs, and wet blankets. Now, don't go nudging anybody in the ribs right now. Just say, I'm here to receive this myself, okay? But when we read this passage on, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. I don't know about you, but that word bitterness is sometimes hard to get your head around because I have to ask myself, what is bitterness? And why is it that the Bible warns all of us not to allow it to take root in our life? Well, let me just come up with a very simple definition. Um, uh, Brent Hudson and I, we were putting this message together, and we I'll be honest with you, we took a long while to come up with a simple definition of bitterness because there's all these great quotes and great stories, but how do you boil it down to one sentence? What is bitterness? Well, here's here's our definition. Bitterness is a deep resentment over a wrong done to you. Bitterness is a deep resentment over a wrong done to you. To put it another way, it is a hurt that takes up residence in your heart, and then your heart starts to harbor hostility. I love all those H words, but anyway. <laughs> um, but that's, that's a, those are all two definitions, but the first one's even better, though. Bitterness is a, is a, is a deep resentment because, because it's not just on the surface, it goes down deep, and often it's on scene, and, and when you're bitter, you get easily angry, you get easily filled with rage, you start to slander people, you start to to resent people. There's There's a hostility there. You know, it's interesting, right, that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. But if there was another Bible verse that we could put in there, but bitterness does. Oh, does bitterness keep a record of wrongs. Ask a bitter person why you bitter, and they will take you back to the very hour, the very minute, the very day, and say, I'll never forget when so-and-so said that to me, and I'll never forget it. And they brooded over it, and they have turned it over in their mind, and it's gone deeper and deeper into their hearts, and into their souls, and into their character, and into their attitude, and it has made them very angry. Um... You know, bitterness begins to grow when a hurt and a wrong really has not been dealt properly in my life because all of us get hurt. It's inevitable. All of us are going to be disappointed by people. It's inevitable. All of us are going to have conflict with one another. It is inevitable. But then the question is, what do you do with that hurt, that wrong, that conflict, that pain, that disappointment, that betrayal? What do you do with it? Because if it stays lodged in your heart, that wrong now starts to feed the root of bitterness. You know, it's funny when you talk about wrongs that happen to people's lives, let's be honest. There are wrongs that have happened to you and me where it was done intentionally, right? intentional. I mean, let's be honest. There's people out there that are just as mean as snakes. Right? They're just mean. They're just nasty. They're not nice to hang around with. There's no way to gloss it over. It, and they intentionally and almost delightfully hurt you. But then, let's be honest, there's people that have unintentionally hurt you. They didn't wake up this morning and go, I'm going to hurt him. I'm looking forward to hurting Dave. They just hurt you, right? And it's amazing sometimes how I was listening to one pastor share a story how when he was in college, he and another guy were out leading a group of people. And at one point in the day, um, they, they were trying to decide, do we go this way or do we go this way in their activity? In fact, he says, I can't even remember this day. But he, anyway, he said to the group, well, I think we should do this. And the other leader said, I think we should do that. And the group said, well, let's go with the first guy. And the guy who had been rejected by the group, he came to this leader 30 years later and said, I have been bitter against you for the last 30 years because of that day. Amazing. Um. But here's the other last type of hurt that happens, So let's really be honest. There can be intentional hurt, there can be unintentional hurt, yeah. but there also is imaginary hurt or imaginary wrongs. You've just made it up. You are just in such a bad state of bitterness and anger and rage right now that now someone can just walk by you, not see you and go, well, wow, they blown me off. And now you're all angry and bitter over that. And it's in your mind. You know, as we think about bitterness, about this poisonous root, let's also think about the devastation it causes. Um, At a personal level, doctors have shown that when someone is deeply bitter for a long period of time, it has physical consequences on your life. There have been men who have taken heart attacks because bitterness has overtaken them. There have been people who've had chronic illnesses because of bitterness in their life. But it doesn't only affect us physically, it also affects us emotionally. You know what bitterness does? It just blows the joy out of life every day. I mean, if I'm bitter over something, and I've gone through seasons where I've been really bitter over something, I can go out to a restaurant, order a, a porterhouse steak, baked potato, sour cream, low-fat, of course, um, you know, have a wonderful dessert. You know what? I might as well be eating stale bread and water because there's no joy in that meal. Because I'm bitter. Because I can't enjoy the moment. It just blows the joy out of my life emotionally. Um, you know what bitterness does to us emotionally? Bitterness is like taking poison and hoping your enemy dies. You're so angry at that person. You're so harboring hostility against that person. You're rehearsing the wrong that person did. And guess who's not sleeping? Guess who's imprisoned? Also, it affects us spiritually. If you go back... One verse in this passage of Hebrews 12, 15, go to 14, it says that we need to live a holy life. Please understand something. Hatred and holiness cannot abide each other. We cannot live in the presence of God when there's hatred in our heart towards others. But I I also think there's devastation of this poisonous root of bitterness publicly in our relationships. I mean, Have you gone to work with a bitter fellow employee who's bitter the way they're being treated by the boss? It makes the work environment harsh. It makes it awful. Or how about this one? Have a bitter family member come to the Christmas gathering. Oh, that's a fun one. (laughs) Woo! Sign me up. You mean Uncle Joe's coming again? Because Uncle Joe's bitter at Aunt Mary because Aunt Mary didn't invite Uncle Joe to the Thanksgiving dinner. And now Uncle Joe's going to let everybody know. Really, it destroys families, right? Um, take a group of young people and put one rebellious, bitter young person in among that group of young people who are saying, hey, let's have some fun. And all of a sudden, they start walking down a very dangerous path because now you got a bitter, rebellious young person who says, let's stick it to the man. Or how about, or how about what does bitterness do in a church family? I'll tell you what it does. It divides the church family. It ultimately, bitterness causes strife and division among all our relationships. Hey, have you been following the whole wonderful relationship between the Democrats and Republicans? Woo! No bitterness there. You know, in Ephesians 4.31, Paul puts bitterness with this group of other evil behavior. Listen to what he says. Get rid of all bitterness Rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now imagine, that's the company that bitterness is associated with. Or is it possible that the, out of the poisonous root of bitterness comes the dangerous fruit of rage and anger and harsh words and slander and all other types of evil behavior? See, out of this poisonous root comes some very dangerous fruit in our lives. Yes, it is indeed a poisonous root. You know, I, I really, I appreciate that when this was written, the bitterness is described as a root, because what I find with bitterness in all of our lives is that it's below the surface. It's not obvious. Ah, oh, it's so easily hidden. It's out of sight. So let me, let me just take a moment, as we're in this outline right now, how can we discern if that root is really there? Well, we're going to do five tests for bitterness. Here's the first test. Do you justify your resentment? You know, people tend to justify their resentments. They say, okay, now after what this person did to me, you know the fact that I'm angry. Well, I deserve to be angry. I have the right to be angry because of what they did. And because we were a victim, we think we have the right to be ticked off. So that's the first test. Do you justify your resentment? Here's the second test. Are you overly critical? You know, the second quality of of bitter people is that they tend to be overly critical. If you're bitter against someone, you'll never look at that person objectively again. You pick them apart. I mean, you may be bitter at some lady, and she comes in with a new coat, and you go, oh, la-dee-da, there's the lady with the new coat. I wonder where she got that, you know? Obviously, she's not giving to the church, Or how about you look at a guy who's done a great presentation at work and go, well, look at that, hoity-toity, Mr. Klein the Ladder. I wonder who he's going after now. Or maybe you see that also in marriages. You know, your spouse hurts you, and for the rest of your life, she or he can't do anything right. You're picking him apart, or you're picking her apart because you're bitter, not the better spouse. Here's the third test. Do you secretly celebrate the misfortunes of those who've hurt you? Oh, this is a bad one. This is is one of the real test ones. You know, bitter people secretly celebrate the misfortune of others. If I'm bitter at you and something bad happens, I say, yep, that's just God evening the score. I mean, we all know what Scripture says. You reap what you sow, and I'm so happy that harvest time has come for that person. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but maybe you've been driving down the road, and somebody with a nicer car than you zooms by because he's all-important-like. Then about five minutes later, oh, well, look at that. The RCMP's pulled them over. <laughs> and what do you say? You go, happy day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you celebrate the misfortunes of those who hurt you, who make, who wrong you. Here's here's the fourth test. Do you write off an entire group because of the actions of a few? I mean, think about this. Someone who's hurt you, now that group that that person belongs to, you now end up writing the whole group off. I mean, some ladies were hurt by a man or two, And understandably, they were hurt, but all of a sudden, they hate all men. All men are bad. All men are, you can fill in the blanks. But guys will do that with with women, too. Some gal will cheat on a guy, and the next thing, the guys are saying, yeah, you can't trust women. Can't trust a single woman. They mess around with you. And, And sometimes, people will even do that with me. I'll meet a person, and... We get talking, and then they say, well, what do you do? And I swallow, and I go, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Oh, you're one of those. You're a pastor. Oh. And I go, yep, and they, they lump us all together because pastors are all the same. And you know what? People even do that with churches, right? Someone gets hurt by someone in the church. Now, I hate the whole church. I mean, that's a good bitter response, right? And here's the last test question. Do you recognize your own struggle with bitterness? Can you look in the mirror and see your own struggle? I mean, some of you right now, you're thinking, oh, if only so-and-so were here, they really need to hear this. And someone who's sitting right next to you is going, boy, I hope you hear this. You know... Isn't it funny how we can see the root, the poisonous root of bitterness in other people's lives before we can see it in ourselves? You know, I have to make a confession with you. This is a hard message to preach. Because as I was doing my personal prep and I was thinking about all your roots of bitterness, God revealed to me mine. He said, Dave, you got some work to do. I mean, you can't pastor for 27 years and not get hurt by people here in this church I've been hurt there's been wrongs done to me intentional unintentional or maybe just imaginary and I'm realizing that I haven't I haven't rooted them all out yet I got to deal with it you know the question that we all have to ask in this moment is this With whom or what are you bitter? I mean, take a moment and reflect on that. Actually, ask God to reveal that to you right now. I suspect God's been revealing it as we've been walking through this message. You know, I read a very disturbing statistic. It says that in North America, one out of four women will be somewhat abused somehow in their lifetime. And even some statistics say it's one out of three. So that means I could just walk around this room right now and go, one, two, you, one, two, you, one, two, you. And for some of you women right now, you've had an experience that you're so bitter over because you just hate what that person did to you. Maybe for others of you, men or women, you've were abused growing up, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe verbally, maybe a combination, and there is deep bitterness rooted in you, so that it just poisons everything, all the good gifts that God's given you today. Maybe you were betrayed by someone. And let's be honest, the betrayal cuts most deeply, the the wrong digs in deeply when it was someone that you really trusted, they were a friend, and now you feel betrayed, and you go, what's that? Maybe for some of you, it's been pain in your marriage, or marriage failure. Maybe for others of you, it's around your work, or maybe something happened at school, or maybe... Well, the list just goes on and on and on, right? And ultimately, I would say that some of you may be struggling with just bitterness against God. You want to say, I've tried, God. I try to live right. I try to do the right things. And God, why is life so hard and now you're bitter at God himself? You haven't dealt with that wrong, that hurt that's buried deep within you. Well, we have a few minutes left in this message, and so I just want to end by saying, well, how do we get off this, off this place of bitterness? And I, I, I want to actually just draw something for you right now. Um, I, I just want us to sort of review what has happened so far. See, what happens in life is that a wrong happens in life. And again, it can be imaginary, intentional, unintentional, but it's real to you and it's taken a root into your heart, okay? And, and now, as, as we sort of move through that, you have to acknowledge, and this is sometimes the hard part, you have to acknowledge the hurt that has happened. It really hurts. In fact, for some of you, that's the hardest thing to do right now, just to acknowledge it, to say, what my father said to me, hurt. What that sister in Christ said to me at that meeting, hurt. What that boss said to me, hurt. What my wife said to me, hurt. What my husband said to me, hurt. What my fiance said to me, hurt. What my friend said to me, hurt. It hurt. And you have to acknowledge it. But here's the problem. If you don't acknowledge it, you start to brood over and get angry and say, I'm going to get even. I can't wait until that RCMP officer pulls that guy over, and I'm going to be celebrating. The default, please understand, the default, because we're broken people, is that we go down the highway of bitterness. And I want to say the highway of bitterness because it's crowded. There's many on it. Because I I know that when someone starts to share with a lot of people, and you've seen it done, someone starts sharing their hurt, their pain, everyone goes, yeah, that's right. You ought to feel that way. Yeah, I'd stick it to them too. Yeah. And welcome to the highway of bitterness. But then Jesus comes along, and he goes to the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, and then we start reading over and over and over again that we're supposed to be people who follow Jesus, which is, means following him through the way of the cross. And that as Jesus offers forgiveness to us all, we're supposed to in turn forgive those who've hurt us. And we go, oh man, Jesus, this is not the highway of bitterness we're supposed to go down. In fact, when we meet Jesus at the cross, Jesus now takes us on what's called the path of peacemaking. And we're supposed to pursue peace. And can I encourage you to understand that if we're going to get off of the highway of bitterness, if we're going to walk away and root out that bitterness and get on what we call this pathway of peace, two things have to happen for us. We first of all have to come to the cross and understand the grace that we see here. Because when we get on this path of peace, The first place we come to is the cross. And, you know, it's fascinating that in this passage that I referenced in Ephesians, remember it says, you know, get rid of all bitterness, anger, slander, rage, and all that. The very next verse says, the very next verse says, but instead be kind to each other, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Why? Paul writes, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So every time when I think about all the hurts I've experienced over my life of journeying with you as your pastor, God grabs me by the shoulder and says, Dave, stare at the cross because when you add up your little pile of hurts and wrongs that you think has happened to you and you start to brood over them but when you stand before the cross and think about all what God has forgiven you of of all of your inside sins and outward sins and sins you you committed because you didn't do the right thing and things you did wrong because you shouldn't have done them and you went down all down your path of brokenness. And every time you think about that, Dave, think about how much God has forgiven you. Now, Dave, you look at your little bunch of wrongs that's happened to you. What are you going to do with it? Well, yeah. I have to stare at this point of grace. It's amazing grace. And that's how I have to thank God for what he's done in my life. And in turn, I have to show it to every one of you and to everyone that I walk shoulders and rub shoulders with. But then the second thing I need to do is forgive. And I need to do what's called the process. So there's the point of grace and the process of forgiving. Because let's be honest... For some of you right now, there's been such a deep wound, such a deep wrong that has taken such a deep root into your life and it has spewed so much poison in your life and it has now affected all your other relationships. It has corrupted many around you. You've caused division in your marriage. You've caused division in your families. You've caused division in your friendship. Wherever you go to work, it seems like no boss really likes you, but that's not your fault. That's the boss's fault, right? But it's so deep that you're going, I don't know how to even begin. You need to take one step of forgiveness. You need to say, Lord, I'm going to have to, let let me lay this down at least for the next five minutes because I'm so tired of it. It has just blown the joy out of my life. God, I've got to let this go. I've got to do this step of forgiveness. Let me tell you a story I heard. I, I, I... I've been down south in Atlanta, and I finally, when you go really south, right, you really, when you study the history of the south, you really understand the Civil War in a whole new way that you just don't understand when you're up here. And there's a great story about after the Civil War happened, and of course the southern forces lost, the the Confederates lost, right, that General Lee went to visit a woman of one of his other generals that had been under his command, And of course, remember now, they had lost, and they had been devastated by that loss. And this woman comes out from her home, and she says, look at what those northern armies did to this beautiful tree that we had out in our front yard. And and they went and looked at this beautiful tree that had been there for the last number of years, and the limbs had been blown off. And it was all kind of cracked and broken. And she says, look what they did to our tree. And General Lee said to her, ma'am, may I suggest to you that you just cut it down? How long are you going to leave those trees of resentment and anger and wrong in your life blown all over the yard of, of, of your story? It's time to cut them down. Now, I had a big tree out of the front of my house for the last 26 years, and last summer we cut it down. You know why? Because it got dangerous. Every time a windstorm came up, I thought it was going to just knock, come right through my roof. And I said, finally, I got to cut it down. It was a glorious tree, but it was, now became a dangerous tree. There are now things in your life because of your anger and your bitterness. Maybe it had started off good, but now you just need to cut it down. Well, I'm going to release um, it over to the Brentwood campus to Pastor Carolyn just to finish in this ministry moment time. And as the band comes up, um, I just want to take this last, we got like a minute here, but I want to make this moment a, um, a holy time for us. Um, you know, for us right now, as God's revealing, I think, where bitterness has taken up resident with his poisonous outcomes, I just want us to pray. So if you don't mind, just, if you want to bow your head, you don't need to bow your head, you can look around if you want, you can do anything you want, but, but I just want you to take a moment and reflect on where bitterness maybe has taken root in your life. And, and actually, I'm just gonna ask you to be a little vulnerable. And, and that's why I'm sort of asking you to keep your head bowed at this time. Is um, if you just want to say, Dave, would you pray for me? Because I know I'm still struggling with bitterness in some way. Would you just raise your hand? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Thanks for having the courage to raise your hand. Because you know what? Even acknowledging the bitterness in your life right now, that's a step. God's doing something in your life. Um. Well, let, let's pray. God, bring healing. God, set us free from being hostage to the sin of bitterness. God, I pray that you would deal with us at a very deep level. God, that you would go deep and do a deep spiritual cleansing in our hearts. God, we're acknowledging that the root of bitterness is is a deep resentment over a wrong that's been done to us. And Lord, that is filling our hearts with hostility, with anger and rage. And God, we just want to be clean of it. God, root it out. And God, we pray that you bring healing where we're wounded and hurt. God, I pray that those who could just make a choice today to take the path of peace, let us, let them start to say, God, I see your grace. I see what you've done for us at the cross. Now I choose to forgive. And they start that process of forgiving. And God, I also know, though, that maybe there are some who just can't quite get there. The wrong has been so big in their life The hurt is so deep. But God, I pray that today they just begin to get a glimpse of how much you have forgiven them and that they begin to say, I know I need to start to extend that same type of unconditional mercy. God, help us to do what we can't do on our own. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. And God, I pray for those relationships that still can be restored. God, I pray that there'd be healing with fathers and with mothers and with spouses, with friends, with people right here in this church, with people who were friends but are now enemies. God, I pray that we would leave the highway of bitterness and we would pursue the path of peace that leads us to love just like Jesus. We pray this in his strong name, amen.